Present day. Present time. <laughs> And you don't seem to understand A shame you seemed an honest man And all the fears you hold so dear Will turn to whisper in your ear And you know what they say I hurt you And you know that it means so much And you don't even And welcome to Ghost Divers. This is an anime podcast on the Export Audio Network. I am your co-host, Neve, and I'm joined, as always, by your other co-host, Connor. Hey, everybody. And, of course, special guest star, Autumn. I'm really guest glad star? I didn't start to... <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's... 
we we were we just talked about this, Connor. <laughs> for for listeners, it was two weeks ago. For you, it was twenty minutes ago. How anyway, was an really hour glad ago. I didn't Jesus. start sipping that beer as you were introing me. That would have been embarrassing. Um, I don't. I don't have any goofs. Let's just get into it. Yeah. I kind of got all the goofs out on the earlier Yeah, we, we did a lot of goofs last time. Yeah, so. I think I still have some, but I'm just going to wait. I'm just gonna <laughs> I love that go. for you. Yeah. Just let it ride. <laughs> if Thanks. if they bubble up as we go, they'll bubble up. Yeah. We're talking about episodes one through six of Serial Experiments Lane, and I must confess to you both that I knew that if we did episode seven, there would be a little bit more actual detail about what's going on. We get a like taste of it in episode six. Uh-huh. Um and I was just like, no, I want the first discussion to just be the most, like, what the fuck is this anime? Because I feel like it's a, it is like half of the series you spend being like, what is even going on with some of this shit? Yeah. So I talked about this briefly in the intro episode, but I just want to like give some broad strokes about like my impressions of the first six episodes. Yeah. Um, because like, <clears throat> so I went into this expecting that the show, much like Evangelion, because I, that's sort of just my frame of reference for quote unquote weird '90s anime. You know, yeah. it's Ava and it's Utena. Those, that's my frame of reference as a person who does not watch a ton of anime. So, both of those shows start a little weird, and then the weirdness sort of like ramps up as the show goes on, and that's what I was expecting of this show. Um, I was expecting that the first show would give me a or the first episode would give me a premise, and then in episode two, there would be a twist. Um, I still don't know, like, what the premise of this show is. <laughs> I don't it's know. like, if someone asked me, girl like... Girl gets computer and falls into the internet. Girl gets her first PC. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Extremely loose adaptation of Alice in Wonderland, where Wonderland is... Is the internet extremely loose adaptation of Alice three. in Wonderland could describe forty percent of anime? Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I really enjoyed these first six episodes. Um, if I am quiet at all during this recording, it is because like I could not really make sense of these episodes. Um, and I'm just sort of letting things wash over me, sort of taking in images and ideas, but it's not really cohering into anything yet for me, really. And I think maybe in the course of talking about it, I will find things to say, but I I have nothing to bring right now. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I, I will be honest. So one of my other enduring memories of Lane, aside from like bigger plot stuff that happens late, in the series uh, that again, I was watching this keep being like, I think it's going to happen. Right. Um, I knew that there was like a lot that happens and not a lot. I don't want to set up expectations, but the episode seven, like really begins to like detail some more of like exactly what's happening with the world. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way that like, Episode six, we get just the beginning of the taste where they're talking about like the kids' experiments and stuff, right? Which is the most lore dumpy that the show has been so up far. Until this point, yeah. Uh, seven is going to have more kind of in that vein where it does open up new questions. None of it's like neat and tidy, but it is going to it is going to like delimit the space a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other enduring memory that I have of this is that it's just a ton of fucking vibes. Oh yeah. Um, I kind of forgot how intense some of these vibes are. 
Yeah. Because the some of these vibes are off the charts. Um, there's there's lots <laughs> of stuff in chart? here. <laughs> the vibe chart. Um, because I feel like are happening. I feel like when you see this reference online, it is often the things of like, oh, the room full of computers and wires and everything, mm-hmm. or her sitting and like looking kind of dejected and empty, but also wearing like a bare Kigurumi pajama set. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's kind of the the vibe that you get, which is this like '90s internet culture. Yeah. And what you don't get is just like the extreme psychedelic colors while there's words on screen that are like, what does it mean to be a person or whatever? Right. That's like, you you don't see screenshots of that part of Lane nearly as often. Yeah. The, um, um, and I apologize, Connor, if I'm just sort of like talking over you, but, um, no, things... no, like I was worried when you said you, you weren't going to talk at all. So <laughs> we're going the right direction here. Yeah. The, um, the stuff that I really pulled out of this, um, and a lot of my reference points are from this. This anime comes out in ninety seven or ninety eight. Um, I keep meaning to look it up, and I don't. Um, a lot of the things that I'm Thank gonna you. reference might be like ninety nine or two thousand or something. But the, there's a lot of stuff that I was noticing, like, oh, this is in dialogue with like the first Silent Hill game with. Um, the, the films of Sion Sono, um, with the films of Takeshi Meek, uh, Mike, um, like there's a lot of ring in this movie. Yeah. Um, which I think is like coming out the same year that this is coming out. Um, yeah. I uh, think the ring is 2000. Right? Kurosawa Kiyoshi is the, well, also in here. The ring is 2000. I think ring is 90. Yeah, ringu. Oh, like ri- ringu. Yeah. 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 Which I, I have not seen the ring, so I can't really um, speak to that. Yeah. 98 was the but then that was an adaptation of a 91 novel yeah um, um like and yeah. then like um this is not going to give me the pulse that i want um i forget when the japanese movie the pulse the the horror film that was 2001 but i feel like it's also in this dialogue around the internet um on stairwells we talked about suicide circle which has similar stuff around and cure um, a lot of cure in this anime, yeah. or a lot of Lane in Cure. I once again, yeah. I the the years are all sort of mishmashed in my head. But I and I think it's a thing where like some of this stuff, like you know, Suicide Circle might be referencing some things that happen mm-hmm. in Lane, mm-hmm. but also this is just like in the cultural ether uh, of Japan at the time. Yeah, there's rising suicide rates, and there's lots of media trying to contend with like youth suicides. Mm-hmm. There is across a lot of the globe, but especially like a lot of um, places that have more wealth and more access to technology. In the '90s, we're getting this like explosion of cyberpunk and stuff dealing with the internet. Yeah, um, and this is certainly not the first work to to talk about the intersections of those things and in like kind of horror spaces, but also it is one that, that feels like it predates some of the other really big um, classics where it kind of started solidifying into yeah. a thing like the, the Japanese film pulse, like suicide circle. Um, and I would, I would be remiss also not to mention that like, I, I'm having trouble sp- pointing at specific because of my cultural awareness, like specific, like, oh, this Japanese film was an influence on Lane. I'm having trouble pointing at sort of Japanese cultural antecedents to Lane. But what I can say is that there is a lot of Twin Peaks in Lane. 
Like, yeah, like literally the 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 ominous stoplight is, is taken from Twin Peaks and transposed into this. Like, that's just a, a yeah. There's a lot of Twin Peaks in life. And like here was '97. Yeah, which again, probably similar too contemporary to yeah. be an influence, but still. But like, I mean, we watched um, Pastoral. Yeah. And there is definitely, I've talked about this before, that, like, I think some of the films of Terry Yamashuji, um, there's a lot of stuff that are pulling things that I really associate with his work that becomes common, and I think especially in anime, because some of it has this certain, he he was very interested in, like, using the space in ways where things uh, were oriented in a kind of, in a very unrealistic way. Mm -hmm. Like, there are shots in pastoral of them uh playing this game of chess and discussing and right. there's just like vignettes happening in the background that are like fully oriented straight at the camera where you have signs and things that are becoming graphical elements and i think anime in particular was able to like pull some stuff from that mm-hmm. um and so he used a lot of intertitles and you were asking me yeah think i was asking a silent film reference yeah um and i it might be somewhat of a reference of like at this point uh, Japanese audiences are able, like the archival turn has happened and Japanese audiences can watch foreign silent films more readily mm-hmm. than they probably could in the past. Um, but like historically silent films in Japan, there was a person whose job was actually to say all of the lines mm-hmm. um, and to narrate action and things like that. Uh, instead of doing like the intertitles that have the text. Right. Um, and so when I think of, especially within Japanese films, that technique, I actually more often think of something like Terry Yamashuji, where he is using it to like interject uh, quotes or like strange disembodied dialogue, um, which seems to be kind of what Lane does as well. Yeah. Um, so that's all speaking to like the vibes yes. of, of the show and the, um, the sort of like both thematic and visual, I think also important yeah. to note there. Um, also, I would be remiss not to talk about how... Um, would you? I think there's also, like, <laughs> Megami Tensei stuff in here. I'm teasing. I think I'm there's teasing. Shin Megami Tensei stuff in here, which has to, like... Even in its base forms, often the computers are a thing that give you access to this other world. There, A lot of it is coming at it from a different angle. Yeah. Um, but, like... I think also there is a clear dialogue that is happening because Lane in some ways feels like it is pulling from earlier Mega 10 in like the first Persona game. And then Persona 2 is specifically dealing with like rumors and things like that, but it's far more contemporary. It feels like it is arriving at similar themes um, and talking about similar things. And then Persona 3 just straight up like rips off how they handle shadows visually. Mm-hmm. in lane persona 4 takes the like motif of the telephone wires right and like rips that off and has like dead bodies hanging from antennas the, the 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 power lines motif in this show also evokes for me like the ways in which lynch will use just like yes. shots of forest yeah you know um but like i feel like later persona feels indebted to lane in the way that lane feels like it is Pulling from, or at least in dialogue with, some of these games as well. Yeah. And and Atlas games are not one of the only ones to do it, but they're one of the ones that are, like, most concerned with, like, re- relatively contemporary Japan, mm-hmm. like, I mean, school students having these, like, interactions with the internet that, like, access other demonic forces in, in those. But. Yeah. I'm teasing you, but also, like, one, everything you just said, and also, literally, you see the video game, and it's, like... 
a, a dungeon crawler. It's a dungeon crawler. Yeah. And I first go to wizardry, but like it, it is not unrealistic to say that that is supposed to be a megaton like yeah. thing. Like this is literally yeah. like it's called Phantoma. Like right. Yeah. yeah. So um. Anyway, uh, I don't know if you have any other initial thoughts, Connor. Or we can get into synopses. I don't know if people have strong feelings about episodes that they want to read the synopses for. Yeah, no, I'm I'm good. I'm just watching cats trying catnip for the first time. <laughs> okay. On YouTube. Um. Does I do? Does anyone? I'll do know? the first one. Okay. And then um, we'll go. We'll go counterclockwise. Yeah, that's okay. not really okay. <laughs> no, I understand how. The, Connor is joking, but I actually understand how that works. Because Connor is here. Okay. You know? Connor is in the laptop, and so that's counterclockwise. Yes. So so counterclockwise would go you, Connor, me. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm in the wired. Yeah. (laughs) Once Um, you're in the wired, I will will let you read before I type in more of these. Layer zero one. Weird. A high school girl, later identified as Yomura uh, Chisa, commits suicide by jumping off a rooftop late at night. A week later, students are getting emails from the girl, uh, which claim that uh, she only gave up her body, but is actually still alive inside the virtual world known as The Wired. (sighs) I have have my little... Yeah, parenthetically, it's the internet. It's just the internet. Don't worry about what The Wired is. Yeah, it's It's just just the the internet. one One time we need to go on strike. And just refuse to to read Nia's like jokes. I was gonna jump over it, and then she looked at me like, "What the hell?" No, I was I was looking at you because I was just gonna interject and say my little thing. Uh, I'm looking at you both because I'm in the computer right now. Yeah, she is actually still alive inside the virtual world known as the Wired, saying that there is a god Kamisama that exists there. I I did a little aside here for Kamisama. Um, this is just a thing that I want to like specify as we get further into this, because the subtitles will often say God with a capital G, mm-hmm. which I think like evokes a certain Christian deity. Yes. But the specific words used in in uh, Lane is they say Kami and then like Kami-sama, which would refer to like this broader sense of like Kami being like these deities, but it is a more pantheistic deity. Often the gods are antagonistic or at least like, um, trickstery or like, they are not like the same idea of this, like fatherly God or something that is like watching over all humanity and is omnipotent. They have like limited powers and are often kind of, uh, playing with humans. Um, it is more akin to like the idea of the fates or something in mm-hmm. like uh, Norse or like Greco-Roman stuff. Um, so I, I think it's just important to keep the context of saying it's like there's the God of the Wired, but that's saying like that's like pointing more towards Shintoism and not towards Christianity. After getting one of these emails from uh, Yomura, um, uh, introverted 14-year-old... Uh, Yuikura Lane um, develops a new fascination in computers and asks her techie father, um, Yasuo, for a new Navi computer system. When she returns to school the following day, she sees a message on the blackboard, written on the blackboard, unclear if this is a hallucination or not, inviting her to come to the wired as soon as she can. Um, note here that the Wikipedia synopsis claims that this message was revealed to be written by Chisa herself, but that is... Yeah, yeah, that is not... Yeah. 
there's a lot of like the Wikipedia summaries that we sort of like adapted um, saying this is what happens. And I'm like, I don't know that 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 is a possibility for what happened. Yeah. Also, there's like a lot of uh, ascribing of um, motivations and intentions that I think the series like denies you. Yeah. As a viewer where they will be like, oh, you know, Lane is like disturbed by something that her father did or whatever. And I'm like, you could read it that way, but that's not like mm-hmm. in the text. In that's the yeah. Way. It's an interpretation. Yes. I also wouldn't be shocked if it was a like, oh, in episode 14 or episode 12, it's revealed that like, this is the true intent behind what that was. But like, yeah, we don't know that where we are right now. So, yeah. um, but I mean, there's straight up some stuff that like, they even just talk about like, oh, they are like, Lane is having this reaction to the like men in black hanging out. And it's like, mostly she kind of just like looks at them and then moves on. Like yeah. you can away. read that as being like uneasy that she's being like followed or mm-hmm. watched, but also you could yeah. interpret it in different ways. Yeah. I think the biggest one is when the man shoots himself at the end of the next episode where it like says something about like, because he is like so terrified and like overcome with whatever. I'm like, I don't know if that's what that's, happens there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, we will continue on with synopses. I think this is one where we'll just be yeah. good to get them all at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so- layer zero two girls, uh, at Siberia, a hardcore tech. Very club. funny, by the way. Yeah. Spelled <laughs> C Y B. E-R-I-A. Cyber.ia. Yeah. Um, The server is in Indiana. Um, A hardcore techno club. A man man buys a nanomachine drug, quote unquote, called Excella. In the morning, Lane leaves for school and walks past a man in black who seems to be watching her from behind a telephone pole. Very sneaky. Uh, Lane then runs across Mizuki Alice along with her friends Julie and Reika who tell Lane they saw her during their first visit to Siberia, but with a far more vigorous and forceful personality. Um, I think they say that she was going around chewing everybody out. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Which doesn't really seem track with the Lane that we've seen so far. Not at all. Um, Lane's new state-of-the-art Navi is delivered to the Eokuru's home, and Lane has her father set it up later that evening. After some persuasion, Lane decides to join Alice at Siberia that night to prove that she was not there before. This is another, like, uh, ascribed, like, motivation that is not... Yeah. um, I left this one in because it felt a little bit more believable, but it is still a motivation. Yeah. Yeah, they're, like, urging her and and wanting her to go out. And I think ascribing a motivation has, like, has implications for, um, like, the social dynamics in this show. Yeah, that are intentionally vague. Yeah, are are important, and I think, like, ascribing a motivation here is, like, also an interpretive act. Yeah, Um, it also, like, the the reading of the Wikipedia that I agree with a a little bit more is that, like, Alice and the other girls are like, it couldn't possibly be you, you should come. Mm -hmm. We want to, like, see for ourselves. Yeah. What are you like when you're here? Is it just, like, you're a different person when you show up? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I could see it not being Lane trying to prove that she was not there before, but like Alice and the other girls trying to prove that. Um, yeah. There's an aspect where it's like, 
they're trying to get her to go out. I mean, they're and they're also trying to like get her to like socially participate in this like borderline area between like <laughs> like what, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but there's like part of there's this um, like uncomfortable aspect to the social dynamic where part of it is like you know in earnest like them trying to like get her to come out of her shell and like be friends with her um but then at points it's like verging on bullying um and they're like urging her and pressuring her to to come out yeah yeah Um, yeah for sure and like i think the show is um like I, i think the fact that it's like exists in this uncomfortable middle space where like the viewer and lane can't really presumably Lane like um is like uncomfortable about like the motivations of the girls um and like they're pressuring her uh it is like important but anyway let's just say that she she like the reason she goes is to prove that she wasn't there mm-hmm. um however lane becomes involved in a shooting in the club um so she goes through all that goes to the club and then there's a shooting um by the same man from the beginning of the episode, who is now under the influence of Excella. Uh, after the man seems to recognize her, um, in a kind of uh, surreal moment, Lane actually, like, everyone's fleeing in terror, um, but Lane approaches him um, and tells him that everyone is connected in the Wired, no matter where they are. Um, this is a little bit of a non-sequitur. He's, like, uh, yelling about how the wired shouldn't invade the shouldn't like bleed into the real world. Um, and Lane approaches him and says, well, you're connected no matter what. Um, the man then shoots himself falling on top of the bodies of his two victims. Um, yeah. Then layer O three. Psyche. (laughs) (laughs) Which is how they say it in the show. Uh, but psyche. Is the English word that the the robot voice mispronounces, similar to the SWAT, SWAT, SWAT. Do you know that one? No. Does this predate you? Maybe. Do you know this, Connor? If you um, if you typed in SOI space and then a bunch in, like, early uh, voice, like, you know, robot voice things, mm-hmm. um, it didn't know how to do soy with it, and so it would go, like, SWAT. It would do like a strange sound, and then if you like repeated it a bunch and you sped it up, it would then sound like a helicopter blade. I remember. Did um, any did anyone else do this but you? Yes, this was a comment. <laughs> I bet I can find audio of this and put it in this episode. I remember um, if you went back in the day, if you went on Google Translate and you translated from English to German and you just typed in sort of like not quite gibberish, but like duh, buh, you know, just like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very... I've heard German before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well you could get yeah. you could get the um <laughs> if if you did these very percussive Not quite like, gibberish, but th- yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could get the German um 
Google Translate voice to beatbox for you, basically. You can mm. get it to go boom, ba-da boom, ba-da boom, ba-da boom, <laughs> you know, <laughs> shit like that. Um, anyway, where was I? Where's your Um, four? Oh, yeah. This was literally just me doing the beginning. Yeah. Zero three psyche. Um, So, uh, Lane and Alice, which, by the way, I'd note previously, uh, we mentioned Alice before, but um, a lot of subtitles will say Arisu, which would be the, like, direct... You know, katakana. I don't know if they write it in katakana or hiragana. It might be hiragana, and that might be why people do it this way. But I can't remember what the difference between those two words. So is, katakana so. is the one that's like yeah. super simplified and is for right. loan words. As soon as I threw it out, and you were like, oh, "I don't know," and I was like, "Oh right, hiragana yeah. would be yeah." And then hiragana is the one that's like the phonetic for Japanese. Yeah. Um. So part of why they might be doing arisu is it might be hiragana, but it. There's so much like Alice in Wonderland reference happening here that not having it be Alice just seems weird. I think mm-hmm. it's just supposed to be Alice. So anyway, uh, Lane and Alice are interviewed by the police about the shooting, but Lane is largely non-responsive. Uh, the following day, Lane is scolded by her cold mother. Uh, this is a little bit of injecting, but she does seem like particularly parents in general in this. Both the the dad and mom often seem like extremely uninterested in what their daughters are doing um, extremely just like checked out and in their own world. Yeah. Um, Like very detached from the kids in a way that is uh, for me, not that unusual, but is not normally depicted in anime. I Mm. guess I will say. Um, I I think, I think it stands out. Yeah. I I think it's significant Um, in this show. When I say not unusual, I mean that sometimes my parents felt very detached from me. Yeah, but, yeah, um, I'm, I'm I'm with you. There. <laughs> yeah, uh, but not that my parents being detached from me should be a normal experience for people. Uh, so anyway, uh, she's scolded by her mother um, Miho for sleeping in. When she leaves the house, she sees a black car parked near her house with like red laser dots that seem to follow her inside the car. Um. Sorry, can I just briefly note, the red dots um, also mirror, in episode two, the red laser sight on his gun. Yes. I I just wanted to note that, because that is going to be a continuing motif. Yes, we will see the red dots over and over again. Yeah. And often they are connected with this, like, car and the the men in the car, but... But the first time you see it is with this gun, and so every time after, it evokes that. Yeah. Um, then after boarding the train, she hears a voice calling out to her, telling her that she's not alone, uh, more like we are connected through the wired stuff. Um, at school, she finds a mysterious computer chip in her locker as Alice and the other girls uh, discuss the fact that they all seem to be unable to take the shooting seriously. Um, I think they talk about how they're like, uh, talking about it as if they watched it in a movie. Yes. And not like something that actually happened. Um, then that night, Lane asks her father what the strange chip is, but he says he does not know and leaves abruptly. 
Uh, she then goes to Siberia and encounters a group of kids. Apparently, I learned this from the Wikipedia summary, uh, named Taro, Mew Mew, and Masayuki. I don't know if I caught that in the episode. The, I don't or know if they they're named it. in the episode. They might say Mew Mew or something. Yeah. Um, anyway, the boy named Taro, apparently, recalls seeing Lane on The Wired once um, and notes that her wired personality is the complete opposite of her restrained real world personality. Um, he also tells Lane how to install the chip into our Navi. And this wasn't in the Wikipedia, uh, summary, but the, the chip they call the Pisike, the psyche. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he asks for a date with the wild lane, i.e. the, the, uh, the wired restrained. lane. Yeah. The wired lane, um, as payment. I think there's an intentionality with, that is more pronounced in Japanese with the way that like L and R sound similar. Yeah. Wild wired. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Um, and then, uh, Iwakura Mika Lane's older sister comes home the next day only to see Lane not acting herself as she starts to modify and upgrade her Navi computer system. Uh, she is like noticeably more casual. Mm-hmm. She's not wearing, she's just wearing like her undergarments because she doesn't want static. Um, and then she like smiles and it's like emphasized as being like weird. Yeah. Um, also just want a quick note. Um, Mika has not been like that prominent in the first two episodes, but she's going to sort of come to the foreground over the yeah. next couple episodes. You sometimes see her like at the dinner table or like watching yeah. TV or something, but yeah. It, to the point that in some of the episodes where she's in the foreground, I had her mixed up with one of Lane's school friends for a minute. So I just mm. wanted to note that for, any baby, anybody who maybe is watching along and also got confused about that briefly. Yeah. I sorted it out, but anyway. Layer 04, religion. Rumors are spread regarding... Uh, rumors are spreading re- regarding numerous suicides tied to the online action game known as Phantoma. Interested, Lane investigates only to discover that the game was seemingly connected with a tag game for kids using a glitch in the programming. Moreover, she finds out that the deaths were most likely caused by the elite secretive hacker group known as the Knights. Some translation gives the Knights of Eastern Calculus. We see the experience of one boy who is hallucinating, question mark, that he is still inside the game Phantoma and ends up firing a gun and killing a small child who seems to be creepily following him. Later that night, she sees men in black standing outside the uh, of the black car wearing goggles with laser lights in the center. While she tells the two to go away, a sound pen- a sound wave penetrates through her window, causing one of the goggles to break, and the two fall back and drive away in their car. Um I had to heavily edit this one because their description of what happens with Phantoma and stuff so much is omitted and a lot of it like doesn't even make sense to me for what happens in the episode. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of it is like trying to like describe what's happening in the background. And I'm like, just talk about the experience of like what you're seeing of this person having weird hallucinations. The, the, the fourth episode was sort of the slipperiest for me of just like, trying to hold on to what is happening. Yeah. Almost, so. It's the one that feels the most like a, um, if you made like a movie out of like a weird creepypasta internet post about like, Oh, right. this game that makes people kill people in real life or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's like the, it was the most intensely like this, is just a horror movie premise or something. Of yeah. Any of the episodes so far. Yeah. Uh, 
And maybe we'll have more to, to say about that later. Yeah. Um, layer 05, distortion. A disembodied voice informs us that man is no longer able to evolve. That's too bad. Um, and so... <laughs> Um, and so has invented the wired as a means of escaping their current stagnant form. Uh, and then we witness a car accident at Shibuya crossing that kills a girl, um, which, uh, I, is, is this the one that, um, Lane witnesses or is that a train accident? Um, I think Lane witnesses it. And then we also get shots of Lane seeming to be standing in the crossing yeah. with all the cars yeah. whizzing around and it's unclear exactly what's happening where she's like there now mm-hmm. um, okay. Th- there are like Mika also ends up like in the in the traffic at some point. yeah in yeah. the crossing yeah um, the accident is blamed on a malicious hack of Tokyo's traffic information transmission system Lane speaks with the ob- with objects in her room uh, okay um, yeah. This this uh, this sense is uh, and then her her the, floating parents. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Lane speaks with ob- objects in her room and then her floating parents about the nature of the wired oh, and yeah. its interrelation to the real world. Um, um, this is also one where like the way that the synopsis is describing it on Wikipedia might be accurate to what's supposed to be actually happening here, but it's just like not a good description of what's happening. So I had to hastily try and they're like, maybe ghosts, maybe hallucinations, maybe dreams. Um, yeah. And, and and, and, and this is like not giving away too much. Cause again, I don't even know if I haven't watched the last seven episodes recently. I don't know if I agree with the interpretation that keeps seemingly being put forward in the synopsis, but I think it specifically says something like, Kami-sama is, like, speaking to Lane through, like, hallucinations of conversations with inanimate objects and then her parents or whatever. And I'm just like, just that describe what happens in the scene. That could be yeah. happening, sure. That could be happening, but, like, just describe what actually happens on the screen. Yeah. In in a space of unclear yeah. nature, Lane is seen speaking with objects in her room and then her parents about the nature of the wired and it's in relation to the real world. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, her sister Mika is driven to terror in a sequence of strange hallucinatory encounters across the city, imploring her to quote, fulfill the prophecy End quote. I left in the and driven to terror cause terror. Cause I think that that's one pretty does clear. feel pretty yeah. accurate. Yeah. I think a lot of the terror is, is legitimate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can pretty safely say that, uh, most of these instances, the, the characters are are in in, in a state in of terror. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the end, she encounters Mika, encounters her own self when returning home, and turns into a ghost-like apparition, while her seeming doppelganger continues to exist. Uh, and then layer O six kids. At night, when Lane's father Yasuo checks on her, he finds a dramatic change in her room arrangement. Uh, and their upgrades of her Navig computer system, which is expanded to fill the room with monitors, wires, coolant systems, like weird holographic we, projections. We have seen this gradually happening where yes. like she'll have a second monitor mm-hmm. and then a slightly more elaborate computer. And then at the start of episode six, it is like, like there's like water on the jump. floor. Yeah. 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 Like her, um, her room is like the, like seemingly her room is like even larger to accommodate 
like all yes. of this. Yes. Yeah, it's like um, surrealistically like larger. Also, if you probably Google serial experiments lane, you get like a picture of this room full of shit. Because it's her one of the room? most like enduring images that I think a lot of people have of the series. Her room overnight has become the facility where they store Akira. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, later, Lane hangs out with Alice, Julie, and Reka in the city, and they like do fun girls having a day in the city things. Like they go shopping and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like a honestly cute scene for how like upsetting or at least like unsettling a lot of the rest of the episodes recently like these mm-hmm. episodes yeah. are um but throughout it they're all kind of going about their their life but she keeps noticing children who are looking up into the sky and then like raising their arms mm-hmm. um and eventually it's revealed she sees that they're looking up and like in the clouds is revealed an image of herself um that is kind of like angelically nude i think yeah um and, you know, appearing in the heavens, I changed in the sky to in the heavens because in the heavens feels more accurate to the mm. image here. Um, the Himmel über Berlin. Yeah. <laughs> Lane über Berlin. <laughs> um, so uh, Lane searches for the reason behind the strange happenings. And uh, we see this, like, represented in an abstract space of the Wired, where she's, like, walking in a black void and things. Um, And she's speaking, well, really, the Cheshire Cat is mostly speaking to her, and she doesn't respond too often. Mm -hmm. But does occasionally, um, is noticeably getting more, like, uh, I would say, like, similar to that, like, rude, wild, defiant. Yeah. it's kind of calls this like mouth that's floating in the void, a Cheshire cat. Um, but like almost as an insult. Um, and he's just like proud that he can j- have a mouth instead of like ears. Mm-hmm. I think is what he says, mm-hmm. um, to speak to her. Um, and then is like, I'm going to help you find some information. And then she just finds it on her own. Um, she finds professor Hodgson, the creator of an experiment called kids. Uh, so she speaks with Hodgson about kids, uh, which was an experiment that w- happened 15 years ago, uh, tried to gather psi energy from children and store it, although the results of the project destroyed the children. They died. Mm-hmm. The kids died. Um, then Hodgson believes that the Knights have gotten hold of the schematics for the project and are trying to rebuild it, but like in a different, like broader schema, basically. Um, also seems to know some additional stuff about Lane that, uh, is kind of just hinted at, uh, does call her a blessed child. Um, like I forget if specifically of the God in the wired or like if the God in the wired exists, he truly favors. What he says is, and I remember this almost verbatim, which is crazy because I never do this, but what he says is if there is a God in the wired you must be a blessed child and whatever you are trying to do or whatever try whatever being you are trying to become um like something like that like yeah. spe- like whatever like, you what are what are you trying to become yes what yes. kind of being yes. are you trying to become yeah um this is the thing. I'm glad that you watched this episode today because I watched it a week ago and I didn't know exactly how much I wanted to put in because some of it was like I don't know what of this is right me remembering stuff that happens later. 
Um, and then he dies because he's basically, um, this may not make sense to you, uh, Autumn, but he's in the, the noble rat system from solid mm. state society, basically, yeah. uh, where his like body is rotting away in the real world, but his like brain is connected to the wired and he's mm-hmm. just happy in there. And so like, he doesn't care that his body is rotting. If um, you told me that was like the next episode of standalone complex that I hadn't seen yet, they go to like a like nursing facility where like oh these people in the end of their lives are like yeah. living in total bliss but their bodies are rotting away i um, would believe that yeah what, and what what do you think would happen next in that episode uh i think somehow the major would end up killing people <laughs> <laughs> okay um, <laughs> how, how do you think that these noble rat citizens wasting away in a retirement home would relate to children? Um, I'm, I have to put myself in the standalone complex state of mind. Um, I think that they would find kinship with children because they would be like, ah, the innocence that I once had and wish I could reclaim and I'm yeah. trying to reclaim by kinship, rotting away. And then... <laughs> And then, and then, like in their kinship, in their like family-like relation, you know, kinship being kin, your family uh, would right. would do what? what if the children were like abandoned? Yeah. Oh. What if they were like orphans or something? What? It, oh, so what you're saying is that the idea is that the uh, old people are trying to like put their consciousness into the soul, no. into the shells no. of these children. No, this no. is this is this is far this is more. Go- about Ghost in the Shell is better. Is better than that. Yeah. Um, the just to explain to you, yeah. the noble rat citizens are basically like adopting these these kids to then like pass on their like okay. wealth and everything. Okay. Yeah, they're basically like, trying to reproduce like liberal society. And yeah. then like, at the end, so you say that's better. But what is actually truly great about solid state society is that it is whether it like was intentionally this or not. It is about the failures of neoliberalism. <laughs> it is about the absolute yeah. failure of imagination to like conceive of what other things could be because all that it understands how to do is just reinscribe family systems in ways that also feed into fascistic systems. Well, yeah. and then and, also like, I, like inheritance laws. You should watch Solid State Society. It's really good. You can. <laughs> it's, you can just. It's like, all about neoliberalism skip. and inheritance laws. You can skip second gig, <laughs> but watch Solid State Society. It's pretty good. I would imagine. Also, the major has a really milfy haircut in a few scenes. In the episode version of this, and I'm sure the movie does this too, but perhaps in a like bigger so way. So imagine, you know how in sometimes in Solid State Society or in uh, standalone complex, there'll be like three or four episodes that are kind of. Yeah, doing the same. It's just that they just released it as a movie. Well, so it's like four episodes. In standalone complex, what would happen then is at the very end there would be a scene of the major at a bar, and like someone from Section Nine comes and talks to her, and she says, "Trying to like live past yourself is pointless, even if it's through children." Almost only the exact have... opposite of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> almost spo- the exact spoiler- opposite. Spoilers for Solid State Society for listeners. <laughs> Jump ahead like 30 seconds. Uh, the Major's actually the one who orchestrated all of this. Amazing! Yeah, yeah. the Major's <laughs> like in movie. her home with Bato being like, yeah, you know, trying to like reform 
like revolutionize like social structures and live outside of these systems is like really unfulfilling. And I think we just like need to like exist inside of like a reproducing system. Like yeah. ultimately. <laughs> we can't we can only incrementally change standalone complex and like probably like probably like we can't anymore right we just need to like give up and like accept the boundaries that exist and then like look to like the potentiality of the future um so yeah anyway uh (laughs) professor hodson dies um then coming out of her like deep dive into the wired lane sees the red dots again on the ceiling um and goes outside to confront the the um, men in black and accuses them of being the knights. Um, and then, like, as she's talking to them, sort of the beginning of their conversation, uh, the coolant system in her room explodes. And they say that a bomb was planted there by the knights who is not them. Mm-hmm. The knights are the one who's who were trying to kill her, but they are not the knights. Yeah. And that's the end. Um... So who I knows? Tommy Maybe we'll find out more episode. about the knights next time or something. I had a specific point I wanted to make about episode three, I want to say. Um, but I got to reread the synopsis now because it's been so long. It might have been episode four. Anyway, I will try Don't to pull out that thought. Tommy Lee Jones was so good in, ep- in layer six, episode six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we didn't you get th- as much Will Smith in this one. You do know that, like, Men in Black is just a pre-existing term, and that's why they named the movie that, right? What, which movie? <laughs> um, I thought we were talking about Serial Experiments Late. Well, um, you know, Agent K is a character in a movie, and I'm me, and I'm real, and there's uh, no... I'm not him, he's not me. Those characters are all imaginary. I don't want. I don't want. I want, and I want to be real. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna put a funny thing in there. Uh, You're looking at me like, <laughs> why did you make a note? I'm not looking at you. I'm oh, okay. rereading the summaries, to trying to remember the well, specific point I wanted to I'm, pull out. I'm still looking at you both because I'm in the computer. Okay. Um. Did you see what I did just there? Connor? No. Well. What? Just where? Just now. You're looking at us from the computer, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, three. Yeah. Three three fingers. <laughs> uh, it was just one. Oh, it was just one? Oh, yeah. Sorry, it was, like, blurry. Okay. Can you, like, clean your webcam? <laughs> no. Uh, does anyone want to start talking about some stuff? You're looking for the thing. That's a like great a shirt, thing. by the way. There's just Thank a you. very specific point I wanted to this pull out, nice and shirt. I cannot, I can't get there. It'll come um, to me again, I'm sure. So, um, I so we we were we were joking about this, but I do like have notes. Um, yeah, that I think maybe would be going fun through to. your notes will jog my memory again. Um. So. With my notes, I just started, like, like I typically do, um, with just, like, um, the actual style, like, the the overall, like, stylistic moves of the show, seemingly. Yeah. Um, One of the things that is, like, evident immediately um, is the way the show is animated, the way that it plays Mm. with animation. 
Um, so we get like, I'm just, I, I was just listing these out as I was thinking of them, but um, I'm sure you may have more. Um, so we get overexposure effects. Um, we get bloom um, in uh, a lot of bloom. Um, we get textures overlaid on the frame. Um, we sometimes get, I think we talked about, this is either at the start of this episode or the intro, um, but sometimes just whole frames, like uh, interstitial frames that are just like um, uh, like purely a texture, like non-representative with like text overlaid on them. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And often the most intensely colored of anything in the show. Yes, yes. Yeah, and with okay. like motion, like, um, but like abstract uh, and, motion and- where like lines squiggling, that kind of thing. Motion that I think you could only really produce um, in, like, computer animation. Like, motion that would be, like, nigh impossible to, like, draw, you know, I think, a lot of the time. Um, One of the things that, like, that I noticed right away is, um, I think it's it's hard not to notice, is one of the, like, overlays um, that is frequently used is, uh, like, a color overlay that looks unmistakably like blood splatter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's used very often. It, um, it usually exists in the shadows is where you see it. Yeah. Um, and I was laughing to myself uh, when y'all like brought up David Lynch, um, which is, is really not a stretch, uh, but it just made me think of like, when I was thinking about um, what this evoked for me, it made me think of blue velvet um, in the sense of like that you have this kind of violence um, underneath the surface of like all of these quotidian spaces um, that just if you were to like zoom in uh, close enough or peel back somehow um, this like veneer of conventional society um, you would find this like you know uh, undercurrent of violence um, and I think there's a lot of scenes here that, um, have that feel to me where Lane's walking down the street and like the, the frame itself is like, um, ripped, uh, almost, um, yeah. aggressively, um, between like, you know, the, um, the quote unquote, like frame of reality where Lane is walking and then this like gigantic, uh, seeming blood splatter against a black background. Um, yeah. I, um, so you go, you go, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I, um, one of the other things, um, this was the sort of like thing I wanted to pull out and it kind of ties into what you have in your notes here. Cause you also, and we talked about it earlier. The power lines motif is like another, like one of these mm-hmm. things of like, Oh, just, you get these interstitial shots of power lines. Um, it jogged my memory of the thing I wanted to talk about, which was that, like, part of what I thought, knowing that this show was going to be about the internet in some vague way, was that this was going to... I thought that there was a chance that this show was going to be like, man, isn't it bad to be on the computer too much? You should go mm-hmm. out inside in the real world. And there are characters who voice that perspective, but I think the show has a much more, like, complicated view of, like... Sometimes it does suck to be on the computer too much, but sometimes, like, it's fine. Um, sometimes you do play too much Quake 3. Yeah. Yeah. 
But and, I, I think it has this understanding of like, this is a thing that comes up all the time when, so my work had us like this like big thing that was a big like company wide uh, book club that was this book on listening. Um, and there was some stuff in there that was like kind of useful, but also I kind of objected to the whole thing because the like intro that's talking about the entire premise of the book is like, oh, we don't talk to people like we used to. Everyone always has their heads in their phones or whatever, you know, this like, oh, no one communicates anymore because they're all on their phones. And it's like, what the fuck do you think people are doing on phones? Yeah. They're fucking talking to people. Right. Like the, the well, issue is not that like people don't talk to each other. It's that the ways that people talk to each other have changed. And sometimes when you're physically in a room with someone, they are also having conversations with other people that you are not a part of. And you feel a disconnect from that. Yeah. But it is not that the person on the phone is like not talking to people. They are probably actively talking to people. Well, and so like what I thought was so interesting about this was the ways in which like, um, this show, I think recognizes, and I think the power lines motif, um, or another motif I was noticing a lot was that, like, screens and lights from the computer, like, mm. flicker, like, in the ways that they do, you know? Yeah. Um, and that, like, um, it's not that Lane is in there not talking to people. It's that she's talking to people with this sort of, like, the screen is this, like, mediation of the way that she is talking to people. And there are a lot of people in her life who might say, oh, that's not real. Talking to people in real life is real. But, like, that is also mediated. Mediated by maybe, like, her own, like, whatever reasons she has for being, like, sort of blank in a lot of, like, person-to-person conversations and non-responsive or mediated by um, all sorts of things. And, like, the the power lines show, like, that... Like, the power lines literally illustrate the connectedness of things across, like, the wired um, that is, like, no more or less real, I think, than, like, the connectedness of, like, you and me being in the same room having this conversation, you know? Yeah. They also exist physically in the real world and don't, like... Like, in the space of the wired, there aren't power lines, right? It's, like, complicating this, like... Yeah, the power lines are, like, this... Uh, like symbol of like digital interconnectedness, but they're also like in the show, they're only present when people are like in the quote unquote real world when they're walking down the street. Yeah. Yes. Um, but also like, they are, they are like constant omnipresent reminder of the way that the, the digital world or the wired is like overlaid over Mm-hmm. The yeah. real world, because they are all they are constantly humming with the messages that everyone is sending back and forth. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the the humming sound is like, and it in the beginning it is just this dull hum, and as it continues on, we will see shots of power lines where we hear the whispers, and then we begin to hear like I think as the that was episodes progress like clearer and clearer all the conversations that are happening over these wires. Sometimes when we see the power lines. Mm-hmm. Um, we will yeah. get shots of power lines in the real world, but we will hear conversations happening on the wired mm-hmm. because all that stuff is constantly moving through the wired. Uh, so it becomes the symbol of like something of the shows then also talking about in other abstract ways of the way that the like wired is constantly overlaid yeah, and influencing the real world. It's, it's challenging the bifurcation of the two spaces like immediately. Yeah. Um, 
and this is a motif that like it's basically it's like my second note here because it's it's introduced so quickly um as just like a central uh motif that is like challenging this bifurcation and then the like this challenge continues to be like uh amplified like as as the events of the show i mean it becomes like a central plot point obviously um but it is also like just a central concern um, yeah yeah not only of the story but like of all all these other ways the the themes are being um conveyed um uh something just, else that because we're talking about some of the animation stuff too um especially with like the overexposure and bloom stuff um something that i actually ended up thinking of which uses it tonally very differently but only yesterday mm-hmm. um in a lot of the memory sequences has this thing where one there's a lot of use in particular of like watercolor in only yesterday uh-huh. but during the memories uh so much of the stuff that would be vague or would fall away from your memory literally fall away into the white page yeah uh they like represent this within the film by having everything kind of become unclear as you get to the periphery. Yeah. Um, I remember the street I was walking on, but I maybe don't remember like the house is really around other than vaguely. Yeah. Like, Oh, there was like that yellow house. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, what was really beyond that? I don't know. I remember there was the sunset, but like the rest of the landscape is kind of white because mostly what I remember was the sunset. Yeah. Um, They also do this within the home where like most of it is filled in more, but also like, a lot of the the paintings on the wall are very vague where it's just like, oh yeah, there was a flower there or something. It's like a painting of flowers and it's like very vague in general. Um, This is not doing it quite that same way where it's referring to memory, but I think some of the use of of bloom and um, this like overexposure is to specifically allow stuff to fall away into this like white void when Mm. they're specifically in the the real world. Um, Like, one of the uh, few things that return, and we love it because of ornate stairwells. There's when she walks down the stairs from their home. Oh, and yeah. And it's, like, so white that, like, the stairs are just suggested by the shadows on some of the steps. So good. Um, And then you can see her feet, like, stepping on it. But you don't actually see the lines of the stairs, really. You just see the shadows on them. Um, And so I think some of it is, like, some of that is actually making some of the... um the real world, like I am outside spaces become actually more abstract than like the dim room where you kind of get all the details there. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I think some of it, it is also capturing, like if you're just inside, I, our apartment is a ground level or a garden level thing where we're like submerged. And especially if, uh, I'm not like over at my desk right by the windows. If I'm like hanging out, doing some stuff in the bedroom for a while or something, like I'm folding laundry and then I go step outside in the middle of summer. I'm just like, Jesus fucking Christ. It's bright. I like put on my sunglasses and I still can't see. (laughs) Um, or I'm outside and it's incredibly bright. And then I come down the back stairs, which goes to like the darkest part of her house. And I'm just like, it's so fucking dark in here, even with lights on. Mm Hmm. Um, and some of that gets captured here where there's just like this intensity of like, it seems like it is like constant summer outside. Uh Um, and it's just so incredibly hot and bright. Um, and then inside is just like always kind of dark. Uh Um, and there's like a, a intensity there, but also I think 
because it's so overexposed in the the real world, you then also get the shadows constantly have texture mm-hmm. um, in a way that like, I feel like typical animation would give texture to the main ground and then the shadow part might just fall away into darkness. Right. Like, do the, like the opposite. Right. Um, anyway. Yeah. I, I think um, one of the other, as like a, a last thought on this, um, one of the other things that I noticed going along with um, some of the discussion so far is the way that like digital light is presented, um, like for most prominently from like Lane's computer in her dark room, um, is often treated similarly. Um, mm-hmm. So there's like one thing that stood out to me is um, there's a couple of shots of like light pouring in from Lane's window in her room, um, if I remember correctly. Um, and the way that the light uh, is animated from, like, the window in her room and also from, like, her computer screen um, are similar in a way where it's, like, you know, again, challenging, I think, um, some of the, like, uh, presentation of, of reality uh, and, and kind of, like, collapsing. Um, like, oh, okay, well, you know, you have this, like, medium you have this like portal that is your monitor um into like a certain world that's like emanating this light and characterized by this type of light um Mm -hmm. but then also like you know juxtaposed with like your window to the outside um which is presented like you know oh this is like a screen as well yeah um yeah so i hadn't um, thought about that i think i think that like that's one thought I had. Um, we'll see how this all plays out, but um, just a final like consideration. Um, since we're on the subject of animation, um, the other thing that like really stood out, um, I have a couple other points, but I, I'm skipping forward to the animation uh, of the faces. Um, the face textures are um, were definitely were very noticeable to me. Um, mm. I felt that there was an extreme contrast. Um, some of the faces are like very stylized um, and blocky and like unnatural um, in this obvious way. Uh, but then you have these like occasional close-ups um, that although the animation style is like the same, um, they're like, to me, they were, seem considerably more like naturalistic and detailed um, in a way that was just like um, also uncanny um, and jarring um, like in the juxtaposition. Um, So again, like, I don't know if you all felt this way as well, um, but uh, I think this is one of the major themes uh, that that I, I'd like to like bring up um, as we get further into the discussion um, is this like theme of alienation um, mm-hmm. and like interpersonal communication relationships um, and the way the show like leverages a kind of uh, uncanniness uh, in its portrayal of like 
relationships, uh, human bodies and, um, human behavior that is like feeding into this, um, alienation theme. Um, and I think just like the, the juxtaposition and the way the, like the faces are animated, um, it creates like this discomforting, uh, like uncanny, you're like unmoored, uh, cause you're trying to adjust to like, um, you're trying to adjust to like what the faces look like in this show. Um, and then you, you're like, uh, getting like, uh, whipped between like very un- like blocky, like, un- uh, kind of like, you know, unrealistic. And then these like close ups that are very naturalistic. So it's putting you in this like, uh, like unmoored, like disoriented, uh, mm-hmm. state where you're feeling like alienated from like the perception of, uh, or like the, the portrayal of like human beings, uh, and how they look like fundamentally. Yeah. Um, it, it has like a willingness to, to oscillate between a, like more, um, cartoonish maybe is the, the word style. And then like, this more detailed still like, I think operating within a certain like cartoonic cartoonish space, but like, um, it's not to the level of like Ren and Stimpy where you, everything's like basic cartoon. And then you get the extremely gratuitous, mm. like ugly <laughs> detail close up. Yeah. But, um, it's kind of in that space. There's a willingness, especially with close ups, to like reveal some of the, the more ugliness of faces that are often sanded off in like, anime styles um, yeah um so uh anyway two like last points um the editing uh i also thought um again like is is disorienting um yeah no surprise um yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of um resistance to this is the thing that comes up in some of the other stuff that like we talk about on stairwells, but like, um, you do sometimes get establishing shots or like connective tissue, but also there's a intentionality to sometimes like obfuscate exactly when is something happening and where is it happening? Things will kind of, this gets like intensified in, in, um, is it episode five with the later episodes with for Lane's sure. daughter? Um, yeah. especially like as people begin Lane's to move more even. into these hallucinatory things, but like, uh, like temporal space and physical space uh-huh. are both like often disconnected. Um, yeah. The uh, thing I was don't, just... you see her walking out of her house and walking on the street. You see her at the train, like on the train. You don't see the connection between those spaces. Right. Uh, you see her at school, but sometimes you don't see her take the train and she's at school. Like it kind of is just willing to jump around in those spaces. Um, and this also, like when um, Mika is having all of the fulfill the prophecy stuff, it's like literally like, oh, she's in the the like fast food restaurant. She goes into a bathroom, but it seems more like a school bathroom than a fast food restaurant bathroom. Yeah. And also you don't really see her like going to the bathroom in the restaurant. You just see her entering into a room that is the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you know that is intentionally supposed to be i think the most disjointed but um it doesn't come out of nowhere in that episode they've been doing it yeah. throughout the entire series yeah um autumn i i i think you wanted to say something so i don't want to just like blow past you Oh, I was just going to quickly add that it's, like, interesting the ways in which I think that, like, the editing is both disorienting and also, like, will move slow enough that it will sort of, like, lull you into, oh, I'm in this scene now, and then you'll just get this totally, like, jarring cut that's like, oh, what yeah. what, what happened? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, like, I, I would feel like I missed something and I'd back up and I'd be like, no, no. Yeah. Um... Another, this is like kind of related to what you said. There, There is a certain minimalism to this show. It knows when to like turn up the detail and, you know, all of that. But there, there is a certain amount to which, um, similar to something like Utena or, um, you know, some other anime that we talk about, there's like a lot of reused shots. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes yeah. down that same stairs multiple times and it's the same animation. Most episodes start with like similar shots of the city, like the exact same shots of yeah the power lines. Yes, the power lines. Yeah. They just repeat those shots, um, and they're they're doing it differently than Utena, which I think is like more intentional about like um, variations like, on like repetition. Yes, focusing on the repetition as like um, you you are like aware like of it iterative. as a thing that is being like iterated on and it is like a part of like the repetitions of rituals. Yes. Yeah. This feels a little less ritualistic and more the um the cyclical nature of having somewhat of an alienated life where you're like, I wake up, I go to work, I come home, I have dinner, I go to bed, I wake up, I go to work, you know? That kind of like there there's still a cycle there, but it is very different than a that same like that truly ritualistic cycle and more just like the um the routine that makes it where it's the routine of like doing your commute to work and you don't even really remember it anymore Mm -hmm. you don't think about like the drive that you do to work because you do it so often right um you know there's been studies that like drunk drivers who drive home all the time from the the like a bar will actually drive like fairly normal like a normal driver if it's their normal right right like drive home from the bar but if there's mm. any like disruption if there's any rerouting suddenly they will begin swerving and stuff more because it's like not that like built in mm-hmm. almost like yeah, muscle it's like memory a different routine it's a different like cognitive process yes. Um, and I think it captures a lot of that cognitive process of like being in just like the grind of like the routine of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of the repetition falls into that instead. Um, but there's also just a lot of minimalism where it's like they will have the hallway be completely black so that basically they only have to animate the dad walking up to the door mm-hmm. and the door is a slit yeah. of white, you know? Um, and it's doing stuff stylistically with it, but it's also makes it easier to animate. Um, yeah. Um I I also think like these um this does have something to do too with like these uh patterns and cycles like being set up to then be like aggressively destabilized. Um mm-hmm. like you take a familiar image or like um like I, I do think it has something to do with cognition. Um where, like, the cognitive process of, like, having touchstones 
um, is like, like part of the horror of these like hallucinatory sequences is like progressing through these spaces that are like familiar spaces, but then just like ripping away all of the familiarity and like, um, like jumbling, like, uh, these spaces up, like, uh, like jumbling time and space, um, in a way that is like turning what is familiar, uh, into like something that is unrecognizable. Um, and so, you know, there's like, there's that aspect of it as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the last, uh, like stylistic thing, uh, that I took note of was the audio design, um, which again, I, I think is like very striking, um, and it is, is noticeable immediately. Um, but it's, uh, it's heavily layered, uh, and highly constructed. Um, there is like a considerable use of like space and uh quiet um which you know it's minimal in this way um it's a highly composed minimalism um where there is a lot of space and quiet that's deployed uh Mm -hmm. like uh meaningfully um but then also paired with like a lot of uh layering of like distortion uh white noise crowd noise um Pretty much like throughout, yeah. Um, and as we were uh, saying earlier, with the the stuff from the wire, there's also like a lot of overlaying of kind of disjointed dialogue sometimes. Yeah. Yep. Um, and even when it's it, very, you know, it's very funny when the show tries to subtitle that because it is, I think, deliberately not supposed to really be heard. You know. Yeah. It is just like. Electrical the noise. people subtitling it just are struggling to keep up in a very funny way. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes it's just like a lot of it doesn't seem like it's actually that important. Yeah, for, like the the part that is important is that sometimes you'll get that, and then you'll get rising out of it people talking about the knights or something, and then that is something that you're like maybe supposed to like kind of pick up, and it's maybe slightly louder. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is just weird because some of the subtitles are like it's not really that important. That they're just like these people are having this talk on the, the internet, but I think it still would be important to maybe have the subtitles where you're getting all of the text and then you're like, wait, somebody just said something about the Knights, you know, yeah, to still be able to like get that effect and not just have the important Knights line subtitled. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I think there is like some lore stuff in there. Um, mm-hmm. but even like, and, and again, like, I think this has been a um, conclusion with all of the like stylistic points so far, but like one of the things that's interesting about it is the, the dynamic uh, it seems to persist. Like, yeah, it it, it does happen when lane is like in the wired and when there are these like, you know, digital or like unclear spaces. Um, But it's also like present, um, when like in the non-digital spaces of the show um, yeah, and not only like, you know, the electrical noise the, of the wires, um, but also just like, again, like crowd noise, um, distortion, uh, just as Lane is like walking through the city or whatever. 
Um, yeah. And, and again, like for me, um, this is also like underscoring some of these key themes of like, um, you know, emptiness, alienation, the uncanny paranoia, violence. Um, so, uh, yeah, just, uh, another, um, another way that the, the show is really like, um, deploying all the tools it has, uh, yeah. to like establish these themes, um, quickly. And then, uh, like continuing to like, um, have them be present, uh, throughout. Yeah. Um, they also got the cicada from Evangelion. Um, <laughs> they, they didn't get him back in the studio because actually, uh, when they got him for the first time, he was just trying to find a mate and then he did and died. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and they tried to get his son, but his son was still in the ground for four more years. Um, but they did get old recordings of the cicada. <laughs> archival from, recordings. Yeah, archival recordings. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and, dead cicadas. And got him in here too. Yeah, <laughs> dead, dead cicadas in the audio mix here. Um, the one other. This is a little bit more like jokey, but the one other big stylistic thing happening here is uh, whenever we see UI stuff, it is just the most Dreamcast era. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the just, Sega Saturn. Yeah. Just like yeah, it's like oh, here's this quantum computer, yeah, and it's like yeah, um, here's the like Dreamcast boot screen, um, yeah, just like the most Fantasy Star Online ass UI <laughs> shit going on. You remember when you would put a CD into a PS One and it would take you to that like weird menu where you could choose a track? Yeah, like, it's that, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, um. Really, the Dreamcast is the biggest pull. Oh, so yeah. much of this stuff is so fucking Dreamcast. Which is crazy, because the Dreamcast didn't come out for another year, but still, yeah. you're 100% um, right. It's in the same milieu. Uh, also, it's funny whenever there's touchscreens, and it's always like... Uh, I I did art back in the day where syntax didn't involve... Like, didn't exist, where you just drew on the screen, and so we had, like, a tablet that corresponded to the spots on the screen and you just kind of had to know if I like set the pen down here it corresponded to that part of the screen and that's just what all the touch screens in this are is it's just like a thing that they like move a pen around on and then it's like moving the cursor around on the screen I thought it was really funny the first time that people start talking to the computers in this show yeah I, it was really jarring because it, I the aesthetic is so like of the nineties that I'm like, you couldn't talk to computers. And then I'm like, literally, literally like Siri is just this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like anticipating like simultaneously, like very dated and also like anticipating much later, like developments. Yeah. Very accurately. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is like, I will say, obviously, uh, I'm not having hallucinatory experiences of the internet all the time in my day-to-day life. Not all the time. Um, not all the time. Sometimes. I've had some days. Uh, <laughs> Who among us? <laughs> but um, I feel like of a lot of stuff from this era that is talking about the internet, um, Lane 
like persists as one that feels the most like actually true to what the internet became where uh i feel like this still has a little bit of like a lot of 90s anime has this like um almost like uh utopian vision of what the internet is going to provide for humanity um that just did not take into consideration like the way that corporations were just going to fuck mm-hmm. everything up mm-hmm. um that they really should have foreseen and i think like ghost in the shell is pretty good at understanding what the internet would become and i think in a different way uh in a more like interpersonal social way and yeah. less in a like just like oh of course everything is owned by companies way yeah um lane also has like a clear vision and understanding of what the internet would become than like you know hackers or a lot of other of this era internet cyberpunk Mm -hmm. this is going to be like the democracy on the internet Mm -hmm. um this already understands that like even before you get corporations super in the mix uh the dynamics of like clicks that occur on the playground will also happen on the internet all right uh it's not just a free sharing of people so um there's a way that like The, like, horror elements of Lane, and and I think, like, I I may as well bring this up now, because we, like, briefly introduced it in the earlier discussion. Um, The treatment of, like, you know, oh, this, like, increasing digitalization, um, this unavoidable, like, connection with the internet, and this, like, digitalization of the human experience and and communication... um, so obviously it's treated with like horror elements um, and like a lot mm-hmm. of what is horrific about it is like very much a concern of the show. Um, whether or not that is like the over uh, like the primary um, like meaning of the show, uh, I think is, is obviously going to be up for debate um, and like probably a core thing we'll discuss. Um, but in a way, like some of, um, at the same time that it like maybe misses some of the, like the dystopia of the internet now that has transpired with like corporate control. Um, it is like overstates or is like over alarmed with like other, notions of like oh here are like the horrors of the internet um that like could transpire um that like in the practical like experience of of our lives now um like i don't think that 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 any of the show is irrelevant um but there are some ways where i'm just like oh yeah like we engage with the internet like continuously, like all day, every day. Um, and it is not like, uh, like the, the types of horror that are occurring in Wayne or like, uh, like the, the categories of like destabilization, um, are like not quite as like, have not come to pass, um, in the same way that Lane seems to be like, uh, concerned with. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think, I mean, there's some other stuff that we can get into. Uh, I don't know if there's like big stuff that people want to pull out. Um, I think in terms of like a lot of actual plot based stuff, some of that stuff is just going to get clearer as we go on. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of like, I was having thoughts about like, oh, is Mika feeling so alienated that she is like living a double life? There's like stuff that I'm grasping at as far as like that sort of things go that I like, I just think will be clearer at the end of this that I don't know how much uh, more I have to say. Yeah, you know? I guess the the big, just like setting up theme stuff and we can see how stuff develops, but yeah, um, with both Mika and then also like Lane with the, there are people being like, there's the per- version of you that's in the wire that's very different. Yes. Um, and this kind of gets like perhaps tied into the stuff about like before there can be the reality, there has to be the prophecy. And so is the prophecy like Lane's going to become, is going to develop and begin expressing this different personality through being able to interact, interact with the wired. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is actually like what's going to happen to her. Um, I think is getting like, you know, talked about and set up here. Um, but I, I think there is a, a very real understanding of the way that, uh, and I, and also in a way that I think, uh, is more like intelligent and understanding of these dynamics than I think the myth that was perpetrated for a really long time until stuff like Facebook really disproved this, which it used to be like, Oh, people are different on the internet because you're anonymous there. Mm-hmm. Nobody mm-hmm. knows who you are, and so you can be anything. And it turns out that it actually doesn't even matter necessarily if people know you or not. You can still express yourself in a different way on the internet, mm-hmm. and like that has an influence both in terms of like the personality that you have on the internet can be different than the person that you have in your your day to day like real life, right? Um, but but in also practice, that it's like it's not that like drastically transformative yeah although it's i mean this is the thing that's commented on of like for most people in serial experiments lane it doesn't seem like it is like the kid says wow like normally people are a little bit different than online than they are in the real world but like but you you're are completely different yeah um and that's kind of a, a noted difference but also it is like a thing of um who i was when i was young uh, was drastically different than the kind of person that I could be online because I just didn't have a lot of space to express myself in ways in my day-to-day life uh, that the internet gave me access to. But also the person who I am now is probably more like the person who I was starting to express online where I felt like I had that freedom to express that side of me. Yeah. Uh, while like... My day-to-day reality life was just, like, dealing with greater trauma and just expressing it by being non-responsive, similar to Lane. Yeah, Like, I see child me in Lane extremely. Yeah. Where I'm kind of just... Mo- As a kid, I was kind of just moving through existence, you know, getting good grades, but, like, trying as best as I could to minimize myself mm-hmm. around a lot of people. Um, and the internet was a place where I felt less like I had to minimize myself. Um and then I became more like that person. But also, this is the thing that we joke about, that I'm a quiet girl who plays a loud girl on podcasts. Uh-huh. Um, the person who I am in my day-to-day life, even with people who I record podcasts with, is generally like a little bit quieter and not 
making as big of a show, but I get on a podcast or I get on Twitter and I'm going to be a huge fucking brat mm-hmm. and talk a lot and be really loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the dynamic is still playing out to some extent. Um, maybe you're unfamiliar with this, Connor, because you don't have an online presence. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, aside from this podcast, um, yeah. you know, uh, and, and the upcoming pondering crouton, um, yeah, but, uh, just gotta keep, keep plugging that one. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, while this is out, when this episode's out, pondering crouton should be running. Yeah. It'll no longer be upcoming. Um, yeah. it will be came. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, <laughs> don't it, say it. Never mind. <laughs> don't say it. It will, it will have come. Um, <laughs> That's better than right. I thought. Oh, okay. Say. Um, um, yeah, I think it, it also, this whole conversation also like ties into just like, you know, what is the locus of identity? Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's like a performative aspect um, of which there's, you know, all, all kinds of um, theory on this, which I'm not qualified to discuss right now. Um, but <laughs> yeah. suffice it to just like gesture in the direction, um, like, you know, the, the different like mediums and spaces are like, um, you know, substantially, uh, determining like you, what your identity is, um, or, or maybe, I don't know. Um, I, that's clearly uh, at stake in, in the show, um, in a way that like, for me, I, I think one of the um, one of the central like problems of the show is this like ambivalence of um, Lane's arc being so much like what you're what you're describing about like um, the like potentiality of the wired um, and like digital spaces to be like a liberatory or a um, like positively like uh, a freeing or like uh, positively uh, self-actualizing space um, versus like, you know, this heavy like emphasis on also like the horror of um, that comes with it. Um, And then whether this horror is like something that is uh, like a projection um or is like a true like malignant uh force um is like you know seems to be at stake um but also like one of the th- one of the things that i like wanted to discuss um before we wrap is for me so much of the horror um in this series is grounded on like uh, fear of or like uncomfortability with other human beings. Um, yeah. And like a lot of this is from Lane's perspective, uh, but also like it's not just completely localized to Lane. Um, like at the start of the show, we see there are scenes where like Lane is, um, you know, in her classroom or whatever, and everyone's like grayed out, their faces are grayed out. Um, and there is like you know this is ostensibly taking place in like the real world, but there is this horrific element 
um, again, like pretty much all of the like interactions with people in the real world are tinged like somehow they're like somehow creepy or somehow uncanny or unnatural and just like off a little bit um, in a way that I think is like disorienting for the viewer. Um, you also have like the, the family space, which is like also it, which is inflected with this too. Like there are scenes of them um, at dinner where like, it's just um, this kind of like cold, sterile. Um, it's so silent. uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Like so, it wasn't just me who who felt this way. Like, oh, I my think God, like no. yeah, yeah. Like the family spaces are like extremely like alienating. Um, so for Lane, like this whole um, like the the real world is like the site of extreme like alienation. Um, and like horror in a way. Uh, so the form that like this is taking as horror is also like um, mirrored in like the way that some of these like hallucinatory sequences that are um, associated with the wired, um, where like there's um, like the scene of the girl getting hit by the train or whatever. Um, yeah. where her face is like distorted and um, there's like multiple um, like multiple faces or like versions of her face are like overlaid um, mm-hmm. and like uh, you know again like so much of this is like okay well the real world is like this side of alienation um, and horror uh, and then also like well okay the wired is also this side of like horror and um alienation where uh like you don't know what you know who you are or like what's going on um so it's it's really playing with this like ambivalence and the like potentiality of both of these spaces that's like resisting like oh yeah the wired is like evil and like yeah it's just like you know infiltrating the real world which is like good um it's like creating a more complicated like framing um, like tonally, uh, in in a that's like tying in with the plot, obviously. Yeah, well, I mean, and like the opening scene of this anime is a girl being bullied, uh, potentially like coughing up blood on a wall. It's unclear if she does or if it's just mm. the the blood shadows that become like a regular motif throughout. Um, that first time that you see it, it seems like you are seeing like, oh, she coughed up blood on the wall and it's in the shadow, but then it just permeates right. almost all of the shadows throughout the show. Uh, but it's her getting bullied that happens. And then she goes up on the roof and expresses like freedom mm-hmm. and then jumps off. Yeah. Um, and none of that, that then becomes tied into the wired when it's like, oh, mm-hmm. she's sending emails to people. Well, and, and then, she's like given up her body, and she lives yes. in the wired now. And but all the that. the initial image is like purely a real world image of just like bullying and suicide, and like sort of from her perspective, like it almost feels like the body is mediation that the like the being embodied is just a like media for, or a medium for 
knowing like I exist because I can like feel things, but that's yeah, like all the that it is. Sensory experience of matter, basically. Yeah. Yes. Uh, um, whereas like existing as data or as like you know a consciousness like disembodied mm. consciousness in the wired is just like and you the, know another equivalent or like you know a form of existence with like equal standing ontologically and i don't know that the, um this is the show this is the stance that the show will ultimately take but like there are definitely characters who feel that like um consciousness and um uh, embodiment are like two separate things, you know. Yeah. Um. Uh. There's some other thing I was gonna say, and then my alarm that it's eleven thirty went off, and it it completely vanished from my head instantly. <laughs> oh, I um, thought that was I thought that was Coca Cola calling calling us back. No, <laughs> no. We we're trying to um, negotiate a, a better deal. Yeah. No, we're just with Squirt now. Squirt just funds our podcast. Um, <laughs> Squirt, available in grocery stores near you. Yeah. You know, I don't Use think... Use offer I actually... code uh, GhostDivers at checkout uh, <laughs> to get 0% off your next purchase of Squirt. Follow us at uh, GhostDivers <laughs> at GhostDivers Squirt. You, you will get... You will get... <laughs> a... Uh, <laughs> if you use the coupon code, there's more coupon. You there's more coupon codes. Cash, you're looking at you weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's all kinds of coupon codes there. You can go to the Squirt website. Uh, no, well, we've looked at the Squirt website before. I was going to make a joke about this. I was going to say you could go to the Squirt website and bulk order hundreds and hundreds of cans and put in export or, or put in offer code. Ghost Diver Squirt. See what happens. Yeah. Maybe some. We also um we also do shift codes for Borderlands 3. <laughs> <laughs> um Hey, if you want to sponsor this podcast, you can reach out to us, export audio podcast at gmail.com. I don't know that anyone wants to do that, but if you do, let us know. Yeah. Ten I'll, ten I'll Australian offers. Um I, I'll be uh, up front. I, I think I said this previously on this podcast. If someone like, uh, I think the first time I said uh, Funimation, but now they're just owned by Crunchyroll. If Crunchyroll wants to just like buy Ghost Divers and we only ever do stuff that they have on Crunchyroll, like fuck it. If you're paying, me, if you're paying for it, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll sell out. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm watching Lane on Funimation right now, so... Yeah, I mean, as Sentai, long as we have, as long as we Nana, have, that's as all, long that's as enough we have, for me. as long as we get Final Cut, yeah, then no, I'm you good. don't get to dictate like all of them, but we will like promo and watch stuff that's on Crunchyroll. You have yeah. to pay enough. It's not like Crunchyroll does like ten dollars an episode. That's nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like yeah. you know, send in your best offer and we'll we'll look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our people will talk to your people. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll put you in touch with the, the people from Squirt. We um, have people, by the way. Squirt is also <laughs> our, our, our legal uh, our legal representation. So the, um, the other thing I 
<clears throat> I remember it now, and now it just feels so devoid of anything that we were talking about because we got off on this whole thing because I got distracted. Uh, but I was just thinking about another shot that's later on that I think is before a lot of the really... In- is it? I don't remember if it's before or after the stuff with um, Mika that happens with all the hallucinations. But there's the shot of her like on the sofa watching TV. That's after. The- that's after. Yeah, it's um, after. <clears throat> while the mom is like cooking and she just looks like a corpse. Yeah. Oh my god. Her yeah. body is so like uncomfortably posed. Yes. Um just looks like an empty corpse that has just been like draped on the sofa. <clears throat> one of, it's one, one of, of the, the most like disturbing singular images in the show to me. Yeah, that was the most horrific like aspect of the first six episodes for me was the like Mika arc. Um, and I think like, just as an additional, um, I'm glad you brought that up because like, as an additional wrinkle to, um, this, like, you know, the framing of like real world versus wired and like the horror around that. Um, one of the interesting things is, is the way that, um, the involuntary nature of like the, um, participation in the wired or like connectedness to it um yeah where like mika is presented as like completely not engaged and like not desiring to be engaged with it um and yet it like consumes her as well and she seems to have like the worst outcome well i mean aside from the uh the the kid on the guy who dies and the guy who dies um but one of the worst outcomes um Mm -hmm. And this, like, a really horrific, um, well, I guess we don't know what, what it's really happening to her. Um, but, uh, the fact that, like, again, like, um, regardless of whether or not you, you actually, like, have a computer or get on the computer, um, somehow this is, like, uh, holding sway over your life and, uh, and your, perception of the world um is yeah. like uh definitely a, a strong uh, aspect of the the horror in these first few episodes um i also think the stuff with mika is interesting because we were talking about how a lot of the horror in this comes from from other people um and this evening gets figured with like the when we see the overlaying of phantoma it is specific like we kind of see two versions of it, I think, and both of them involve like creepy small children mm. following them. Um, and I think some of the stuff with Mika becomes interesting because um, some of the horror is like, oh, she was in the the restroom or in the restaurant um, eating, and there was all these people around, and suddenly everyone has vanished. Yeah. Um, She's in the bathroom and she thinks she hears someone enter, but never sees anyone and then goes into the stall and written all over the wall or the door is fulfill the prophecy. Mm -hmm. Um, And hers suddenly becomes this like so much of the horror is becoming the absence of people or the absence of the presence of people, even when you are in these spaces that are supposed to be crowded or occupied by others. Or like, yeah, like the traces of people, but like their absence. Um, and then the final true horror moment is the, th- there's the absence of everyone. And then you, you 
return home and just see yourself. Um, that like hers is the most just like the solitude of like literally the the only I think person she sees as it progresses at the end is just herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's like this complete um, like divorcing of your like um, you know cognitive like self from your your body um yeah or like an uh, like a uh, untethering um of like your consciousness from your from your body or whatever um and then we get her like you know her corpse basically on the on the couch um watching tv which is like um you know hinting that that something lasting or significant act like did in fact happen um, yeah in this scene um do we have anything else do we want to wrap it let's wrap it up yeah i think i'm think i'm good yeah um i feel like we all have a lot to talk about next time because we'll know where all of this ends up and be able to i mean we, we do have to detail. sleep after this so mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, good to wrap. but that'll also be good because we won't be doing an intro episode too. yeah it'll yeah. just be that recording and we can just wrap it all up the energy will be better um i i enjoy these shorter series because it's kind of nice to do an anime where we just have two discussion episodes there's like yeah where do we think it's going and then we get to this felt like a check-in it. you know yeah whereas there's some other ones where we're like going you know, four or five episodes. Mm-hmm. And some of the middle ones, there's just a part where I'm like, I just want to talk about the end. <laughs> yeah. You don't uh, say here. It. I'm happy. <laughs> um, yeah, we've, we, we definitely haven't had that come up before. <laughs> um, so next time we will watch episodes seven through 13 of serial experiments lane, i.e. the rest of it. Mm-hmm. If you somehow watch an episode 14, write in and let me know. Because <laughs> I'd be interested. Um, you found some sort of weird rumored episode, and I'm yeah. sure and you're going to come home and see your. You're gonna if come you watch an episode 14, don't tell kitchen. me about it. You're cursed. Do tell yeah. me about it. I want the curse. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you see if you see episode 14, you're in the wired. Yeah. So, and you can write in about that episode to ghostdiverspod at gmail.com. You can also send other questions, like, um, I'm sure, you know, we'll send in who kisses the homies and tucks in the homies. Mm-hmm. I, so far, I don't think there's a lot of kissing of homies happening in no, the show. No, no. Uh, barely any tucking. Barely any homies having. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, think we've, I think we've got one kiss and tuck, and that is... Um, Arisu. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think Alice would kiss and tuck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know that tuck means something different to us. <laughs> you don't need to give me that face. Uh, do you want to promo Export Audio? Yeah. Um. So if you go to exportaud.io or patreon.com slash exportaudio, you can give us... Um, we have links there to all the free feeds for all the podcasts, or you can give us a dollar a month. You can get early access to most of the stuff we do. Um, that also consolidates most everything down to one feed, which is very nice. Um, 
Or you can give us $5 a month and you can get access to Pop Town Funk, a podcast where my wife and I roll random Funko Pops and we have to watch the movies that those characters come from. Um, as of the time of recording, we just watched Moonraker, which sucked ass. And then coming up, we have... Oh, we have anime next. Um, this yeah, will be This will be, you know, weeks and weeks ago by the standards of you listening to this. But... Um, we have uh, we rolled a fairy tale Funko, and so we are going to watch Fairy Tale Phoenix Priestess, which is just a sort of like, you know, if you watch your Dragon Balls and your Naruto's of the world, sometimes a movie comes out and it's got all the characters in it, but it's not canon and it's just kind of a side story. And I hope that's what we picked. I hope it's not like <laughs> ooh the big climactic final battle in Fairy Tale Phoenix Priestess. Yeah. I didn't bother to vet that before I just picked it. <laughs> mm. I'm sure it will be highly amusing either way. You were asking me, like, what, what would, would you, you do if you were doing... Because the other thing that's come up is, is a, like, Nendoroid version of your podcast. Um, but that's just going to be a bunch of anime, and some of those anime, especially ones that would get Nendos, are going to be, like, pretty long. And I think it's just, you got to do, like, a movie that feels like it's going to be kind of its own insular thing. Yeah. Or I would just do, if I was with someone who would, like, also read comics, I would just be like, let's just read the, like, first three volumes or four volumes yeah. to get a sense of what the manga is. Reading the um, first three volumes, I think, is more productive than, like, oh, we watched the first ten episodes. Dude... Fairy tales, three hundred episodes. You aren't yeah. gonna learn shit about fairy tale from ten. It depends on the show, but sometimes reading like or watching ten episodes is like good. You covered the first ten chapters that make up like a volume. Yeah, you didn't even meet. Oh, you didn't even meet this character who's super important. That like that's yeah. the fan favorite character. Yeah, you didn't even meet the character that you rolled in the stupid fucking Funko Pop. Yeah. Um. But some anyway. people can go check that out. Yeah, exportodd.io. Maybe by the time this episode is out, you will have had to do more anime. Maybe. I'm sure they have other anime Funko Bops. Oh, they definitely do. I don't know do. why. I, there, there's Death... No, I'm sure. There's de There's for sure some I've Desunoto. Uh, it's Death Note. It's Desunoto. Um, there will be... There are certainly Naruto Funko Pops. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um... Is there Ghost in the Pokemon Shell? Pokemon counts as the anime. Ghost in the Shell Funko Pops? That's like a border case. I don't know. Yeah, this is let me let me check this up. I'm we're doing it live on the pod. Um I feel like if they did anything, it would be Yeah, there we go. Who the fuck is this? This is a uh, Oh fuck. That's Who is Scarlett it? Johansson. That's Scarlett Johansson. Oh no. Oh my god. Oh no. <laughs> Don't oh my god! Roll, do not rule that. Oh my god! It's the it's the bad gay show too. Oh, oh no. no! Do not, Autumn. Please, <laughs> do not rule that. Well, I have a like one in twenty six thousand chance. So that's that is too high. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What if? What if you roll it and then you're like, do you want to come on the pod? And then I foolishly, because it's like. You know, a year and a half later, I'm like, I remember you it being bad, but like, yeah, you can't watch that movie. You can't watch that movie again. You said it was the worst movie you've ever seen. 
It was. I mean, there are still some movies that might be worse, but like the fact that I have affection for Ghost in the Shell makes it the worst movie I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas, whereas something like Eye in the Sky, the one about uh, how great it is that we have like drones that we can bomb people from the sky with, was like an extremely horrible and wretched movie, but I'm just not going to think about it as much as I'm going to think about Ghost in the Shell. Because I like Ghost in the Shell, so other things are going to make me think of Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. It's anyway. really funny that they only have Scarlett Johansson and not real Ghost in the Shell. I thought that it was going to be, I was going to look it up, and it was going to be a Funko Pop of the Tachikoma, the mascot character from Standalone Complex. No. That's anyway. I'll find you online. Um, well, we do things differently here. Okay. So one, I'm just going to say, because <laughs> it's my podcast, people should go, if they're going to support um, the export odd.io, do check out Ornate Stairwells, or if you just want it for free, Ornate Stairwells uh, is export odd.io slash Ornate Stairwells. Maybe by the time this episode is up, I will have done the website from the network. That'd be fun. Yeah. Anyway... Um, and also go listen to Pondering Bhutan. Uh, yeah. follow who the knows podcast. What, who, who knows what it will be? Yeah. I still don't. Um, follow the podcast at Ghost Divers Pod on Twitter and at Ghost Divers on Co-Host, which we're definitely all still using by the time you're hearing this. Um, I'm gonna be. I think so. This one feels different than the other ones. Yeah. Like... Not only are my re- friends on it, but, like, there's just, like, people posting. There's yeah. people chosting in a way that people did not with, like, Peach Mastodon. and Ello and... Pe- I always forget Mastodon. Yeah, I didn't even try Mastodon. Yeah. I tried Peach It's for just like the day. racist furry Discord. <laughs> no. That's a, uh... And you, you, you were on that? You viewed no, that I've as never, promising at one point? No, I've never been on Mastodon. <laughs> Okay. Like, I'm wondering um, at what point someone pitched that to you and you were like, okay, I could. No, I've never <laughs> been on Mastodon. People definitely were like, oh, Mastodon, it's like a, you know, not corporate version of Twitter. It'll be great. But then all I ever heard about was, what a lot of racists hang out on Mastodon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, turns out that there's not good moderation with the way that they handle things. Yeah. Um,. You can follow me at Foxmomnia on Twitter and also co-host. Uh, where can people follow you, Connor? Uh, y'all can follow me at Rabelais, R-A-B-B-L-E-A-S, on Twitter and also apparently co-host. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, then, we'll, we'll see. I forgot to update this with with you instead of JC, but where can people follow you online? You can follow me on uh, on Twitter at autumnal underscore coffee, and you can follow me on co-host at autumnal. And that's it. That's everything. We're done. Wrap it up. We got to do one more time dot is clap, but yeah. We do. But we have to say bye to people. Let's yeah, have we will it. make the listeners... Hear the the time that it is clap. Bye. Are you going to say bye, Connor? (laughs) Your your bye was so good. I just couldn't follow it. (laughs) Okay. Bye, everyone. We'll see you next time.
Do you want to do the clap on this one? Oh, yeah. Connor was very uh, dissatisfied with my claps. Okay. So let's see if you can. Yeah, uh, yeah. give me a number and I'll be there. Okay. Just give me a second. All right. We're going to go with 30. Just straight up pure 30. 
I appreciate the vigor of that clap. Thank you. That was a that was a decisive clap. Thank you. I um, tried. Yeah, I mean that that sound that sounded good. That was a ten out of ten. Thank you. I'm gonna go the fuck to sleep. Yeah. yeah. So Goodbye, I. Connor. I think I'm gonna be driving a toddler to uh, a market very early tomorrow. So yeah. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be driving to North Carolina to see my girlfriend's family. All right. Good luck. Sounds like we all have good reasons to stop recording and say bye before midnight. So yes. All right. Uh, well, it was a pleasure, um, y'all. Bye. bye. Let me know when you have more ideas about coming to visit in Chicago, because that'll be fun. Yeah. Yes. Um, I will. I'll let you know. Yeah. It is. It's imminent. The ideas are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm unplugging right. my headphones and standing up and stretching my legs. I'm stopping <laughs> recording. Bye. All right. Bye. Present day. <laughs> Present time. <laughs> oh, I was just did gonna you... say, do we want to do a pee break? I kind of have to pee. Yes, I need to stretch that... my legs. So yeah, that works for me. Okay, and then we'll come back okay. in on the last stylistic thing, which I'm assuming is sound design. But mm-hmm. yes, it is. Um, All right. Okay, we will reconvene. Okay, BRB. Hello. Hey, I was getting worried. No, we're back. Uh, should we get back to it? Yeah. Yeah, I was I was just scrolling through Chost. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing all my good Chost. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, I'll be eagerly awaiting for the the moment when I'm able to uh, to comment. Um. Yeah, let me check. I don't think they've given me the ability. No, well, I can't invite okay. people to co-host yet. That's okay. I, I, I can wait. Um, okay, you want to get back into it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm watching this dancey, dancing ball bass bow here, and this is real good. <laughs> this is giving bull, me the bull, energy to finish Bulbous bow or bulbous? B A L dash B A S dash B O W. Oh, okay. I thought you were, I thought you were saying bulbous bow. I was like, that sounds delicious. Actually, <laughs> I would eat a bulbous bow. <laughs> that's that's what you're looking for in a bow. Yeah. Uh. So you were talking about. The last thing you wanted to get into. Yeah. 